0: Hello and welcome to the Hive Radio Storytellers podcast. For each podcast, we select a theme and our group create and record fictional pieces for your listening pleasure. I'm Diane Gray and I'll be taking you through our stories for this podcast. This time, we have a few stories based on the theme of time. And we've also selected our top three stories for 2022. But firstly, we go back in time to one of my favourite eras of the past.
1: Tower of London fifteen twenty nine The regular jailers are off sick with the plague. New blokes, gruff and quaky, are looking at the schedule.
2: He wants more heads on spikes.
3: Who does?
2: Him upstairs.
3: Better check the list then Who've we got this week?
2: <sighs> Number one Shoe Number two Shuttleworth yeah. What's this name with they A.M. written on? A tiny scroll?
4: Yeah.
3: Shuffle bottom? I don't think he committed treason.
2: Let's get them all done Thursday before breakfast. We can go to the joust in the afternoon.
1: And so, by 8am on Thursday morn, three fresh heads are spiked on the walls of the tower. Gruff and Quakey trundle to the kitchen, stomachs grumbling for a full English. The kitchen is bare.
3: Now, I should have double-checked. Shuffle Bottom was the last male cook. Tower of London,
1: 1529, was written and narrated by Anne Ridley. Gruff was played by Andrew Ball and Quakey, by Michael Keane sound effects by
0: Mike Ridley and we can now catch up with Bill and Sid on their latest adventure
5: coffee please Sue no Sid today now Petty's taking a coast trip here's his travel to the lake just see his brother for the weekend so it'll be nice and quiet for a change hello
4: yes can I help you Hi, Bill, it's me, Sid. Hi, Sid. How's the trip gone? Uh, we've hit a snag, Bill. Someone shouted at the driver, telling him there was smoke coming from the back of the bus, then a bang. Uh, we've only had a blowout in the middle of nowhere, near Alston. Surely the driver must have phoned for a fitter. Uh, yes, Bill, but, but you don't understand. The bang caused the last next to me to go to labour. Bill, she's having a baby.
5: Sid, it's 11 o'clock. Sue's just put me coffee down in front of us All I wanted was a quiet weekend
4: And knew this What am I supposed to do? I'm in South Shields, man Bill, she grabbed me hand And won't let go The driver has phoned for an ambulance He said, talk to her, try to keep her calm But she's just rambling on What a surprise So she come No, not really, more in shock It seems she wasn't due for another three weeks yet What did you say to her? Emma, that's her name. Well, I asked her if it was her first baby. She nodded her head. That's all she does now. So she hasn't come, down.
5: What else did you say to her?
4: Well, I might have asked her uh, where the father was, what's her parents going to say, and how she going to support it. She just squeezed me hand even more. The driver said I wasn't helping, so I thought of you.
5: Well, I'm not surprised. Is there a nurse on board?
4: No, just a dentist. What good's a damn dentist, man? Oh, he was very helpful, Bill, when she was hyperventilating, so he took her false teeth out so she wouldn't choke. Sid,
5: so why phone me?
4: Bill, you're so much better at this sort of thing than me. You've got seven kids and 14 grandkids. Loads of experience.
5: Okay, Sid, put the phone next to her ear. Hello, Emma. My name is Bill. I know you're anxious and a little frightened, pet, so let's just breathe nice and steady. That's it. You're doing really well, Emma. That's it. Deep breaths, in and out. Is that contraction again, Emma? Seems like every five minutes or so. The ambulance will be here soon, pet, so don't worry. What's that noise?
4: Bill! Bill! you will never believe it. They've only sent an air (laughs) ambulance. I have to go now. I'll bring you later on. Hey, thanks
5: for all your help, Bill. Sue, so can I have another coffee, please? This one's gone cold. What's all the fuss? Sue, so you wouldn't believe me if I told you. God knows, I need something stronger than coffee.
4: said emma showed me out the first time how is emma oh she's fine she wouldn't let go of me hand so off we went in the helicopter to carlisle hospital but look we are honorary granddads she's had twin boys she's gonna call them william and sydney after us mind this one looks like you He's got no hair but a big nose. The circle of life.
2: Happy days. Anyone got a short memory? Time is, of course, perceived very differently by other members of the animal kingdom. It's long been a common myth that goldfish have a memory span of only three to seven seconds. Now, of course, this is nonsense. Scientists believe that over their five to 15 year potential lifespan... It's more like a memory of around four to five months, on average. I saw that on the internet, so it must be true. Besides, imagine what a conversation between two goldfish would be like if the myth were true. Ah, found you again! Hey, have you
3: seen that new shipwreck they've put at the bottom of the tank? No. Ooh, maybe we should explore it together. After feeding time. Er, explore what? That uh, that thing you spotted. I spotted a thing? Yes,
6: whatever it was. You've got to be more certain than that. I don't want you to lose your memory too much. You might end up like that fish who was here before you.
3: Oh, why? What happened to them? To who? This other fish. There was another fish here. What about them? They were here. Um, then then they weren't. A disappearing fish?
6: Well, you seem better informed than me. Must have just been passing by.
3: I wonder if feeding time's due. I've forgotten. Well, you ought to take care and make
6: sure that you don't lose your memory. That'd be embarrassing if any of the fish came here. A on the bottom. I've never seen that before. Let's go and explore it together.
2: The Memory Myth. <laughs> Good job it's not catching, eh? Was written by Dan Bruall and featured the memorable voices of Delphine Blenkinsop and Chris Jackson. Andrew Ball was the narrator. And I don't think I mentioned it, but Andrew Ball also wrote it under a pseudonym. And it featured the voices of Chris Blenkinsop and Delphine Jackson, as well as Andrew Ball, or Dan Brewall, as he's called himself here, who wrote it. Did I also mention that it featured the voices of Chris Delphine and Jackson Blenkinsop?
0: So now we move on to the first of our top three stories of 2022. And in joint second... We have the tale of the creosote kid and the silver steam machine. A gribbly grouch
6: grew ghastly and grim in its palace of ice in the land of Pong Bim. It could not remember the last time it laughed or danced on a moonbeam or did something daft. So the colours of laughter drained slowly away leaving grouchy alone and unpleasantly grey. It terrorised villagers. It terrorised yaks. It terrorised merchants with gold in their sacks. It left out in daytime. It left out at night. It was bold and audacious. It gave them a fright. Word soon got out about the slavering beast with its claws and its fangs and distinct smell of yeast. It's got to be stopped. Show it we're not afraid. Oh, how brave they all were with the shouts that they made. But the cowardly locals would not volunteer to do anything heroic and cut short their career. Then a measly youth, with spots and book tooth, yelled, I'll do it, I can, I swear, it's the truth. I've been thinking about this and it's my intention to defeat the creature with a silver steam engine. I've drawn up the plans and, despite my physique, With good luck and fair wind, it'll be ready next week. So there it was, upon the green, all silver and shiny, with a go-faster stripe. It looked most impressive, a gothic dread type. The youth's intentions were not totally altruistic, to get rid of his name and be thought of as mystic. The creosote kid hardly gathers respect, but Sir so Goofusly Crispy would, I suspect. So off they went, the kid and machine, to do battle with Grouchy, the foul and obscene. On a wind-swept past, the three combatants met. Two rough, one sleek, you could call it kismet. The Grouch's eyes were filled with adoration. Oh, the silver machine, could that be his salvation? The shine, the chrome, the voluptuous smell, the warm, creaky leather. That did it. He fell. On to his knees and with penitent touch, caressed shiny fenders with reverent hush. With a weak, foggy whimper, he whispered, Now the creosote kid had not expected this, but the engine had, so with a poop and a hiss, a jet of steam caught the grouch unaware in a painful spot. Well, I think you know where. The kid then pounced and trussed him up tight, taking him back to the village by the thin moonlight. There the gribbly grouch sat in jail looking awful. A miserable heap with eyes big and mournful. The creosote kid, he got his wish. As Sir Goofus Crispy, he was respectable, ish. But the mighty steam engine, that got ignored. All alone by itself, it got fiendishly bored. In the darkness, it planned to undo its own strife and find a way to set free the true love of its life. So up on the ice flows a freezing Pong Bim. The gribbly grouch is no longer grim. You can hear them laugh and chortle and doot, with their colours all sparkly when you wash off the suit. The tale of the creosote kid and the silver steam engine was written and performed by Delphine Blenkinsop.
0: And now we have the other joint second piece, Bill and Sid and the first kiss.
4: Bill is sitting in the cuff at Marine Park, South Shields, waiting for Sid, his best friend and workmate, for over 50 years.
5: You're late, Sid. What's the excuse this time? Dean, tell us. The cat got stuck up a tree. Or was it the woman shone for help? Because she thought she was being followed by a man all in black. You did a sitting's arrest. You sat there until the police arrived. You
4: told him to be the coal man doing his deliveries. Hey man, I can't help it if I lead an exciting life. (laughs) It could have been a very different story if he didn't have that bag of coal on his back. When I tripped him up. (laughs) Your turn for the coffees. Give us your paper. There's your coffee. The manager said if she catches your slurp from your saucer again, you root on you, ya yeah. Big Sue, she's all right. I used to work with her granddad down the pit. He looked after the ponies. If you stood talking to old Jack long enough, the ponies would have your beard out your bag. A four-legged menace, that's what I call them. Not like you to look at that old rag. Oh, aye. It's good to keep up the date. See who's popped the clogs. Mind... They don't have some and Wobbers in these letters. What do you mean? Here's a woman writing about her first kiss. How oh, she remembered day and time because she fell in love in that moment and has been married for 60 years. Oh, that's nice. To be together after all that time. It's a testament to their love for each other. Sensationalism. 15 minutes of fame. Ah, you're just a cynical old man, Sid. If I'm cynical, life has made me that way. No one wants to know about our first kiss, do they? They might, if, say, would kiss someone famous. All right, then. Tell me about your first kiss. Yeah, it's a bit complicated, like. Okay, I'll make it easy for you. How old were you and what was her name? Well, I was eight. And it was two of them, actually. Margaret and Mary. Two of them? Well, I never... So which one did you kiss first? I didn't know. They were twins. Twins? My God. (laughs) I'm like a butter at the old Bailey trying to get at the truth. (laughs) And you're telling me you don't know if it was Margaret or Mary first? Aye. They were identical. Identical twins. This could turn out to be a Catherine Cook's novel. (laughs) So we'll stop here. I know you didn't, Sid It's your turn to tell about your first kiss Come on, what was her name? All right, man Don't you rough. Jane Lovett was her name She was the girl next door I remember, she got a puppy dog for her 13th birthday I was 12 Not as young as you, though Didn't tell me you were shy I only went because her mum and my mum made the cake together It was massive Come on Let's get to the big kiss. Well, we got stopped from playing spin the bottle, truth or dare. So we started to play catchy kissy. That got stopped as well. Hide and seek was the only option. Jane looked at me and gave us a wink. So I hid in the bedroom, under the covers. Then I heard someone coming beside me. Well, I got a big kiss. Not what I was expecting, mind. Did you enjoy it? No. Why not? It was the bloody puppy man, too damn affectionate. Them labradors, hehehe, <laughs> <laughs> hubby A <dears. laughs>
0: favourite of all our stories this year involved many of our group. So, in first place, we have the story of the Minerva rescue.
7: Pan 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 pan. pan. All stations, all stations, all stations. This is Minova, Minova, Minova. Pan Pan. Current position. Approximately 25 miles north northeast of River Blythe. Have suffered rudder failure. 25 persons on board. Over.
2: Minerva Minerva Minerva. This is Kularcoats
7: Radio. color Radio. Do you require immediate assistance? Over. Negative colour codes. We're taking a pounding from the heavy seas and gale force winds, but the hull is sand and we're making headway. I'm using engines to steer. My intention is to make for Blythe. Over. Copy that, Manoeuvre. Over. Colour codes. Manoeuvre. Be advised we are a general cargo vessel of 15,000 tonnes. We have 25, that's two-five, souls on board, including one adult female and one female child. Over. Roger Minerva will alert Coast Guard
0: and
2: Rescue Services. Kulakwots Radio listening out.
7: Kulakwots Radio, Kulakwots Radio, Kulakwots Radio. This is New and Lifeboat, launched on service to Minerva. Seven on board. Over.
2: New lifeboat, colour coats radio. All received. Proceed on course to manoeuvre and stand by. Out.
4: Color Radio, Color Radio, Color Radio, Blythe Lifeboat at sea on service. Eight on board. Be advised. Sea State at Mouth of River will make entering Blythe without steering impossible.
7: Over. Blythe lifeboat, colour coats radio. We'll pass your message. Out. Colorcoats Radio, this is Manova. Understand, Blythe not possible. We'll make for the time. Over. Understood, Minerva. What is your current condition? Over. Helm still not responding. I'm preparing to take the tour from both lifeboats if necessary. All on board are well. Life jackets have been issued. Manova out. <laughs> Mayday, dear, Mayday. Dear, dear. Tynemouth Coast Guard, Tynemouth Coast Guard, Tynemouth Coast Guard. This is Manova, Manova, Manova. dear. I'm just off River Tyne. Tour rope has parted and I'm being driven towards shore beyond the South Pier. Twenty five on board. Over. This is Radio Tyneside
6: News at 2am. Just in. A dramatic rescue is taking place at South Shields. Our reporter Sheila Kay is there. Sheila,
1: thank you, Anna. Conditions here are atrocious, with heavy rains and gale-force winds, which have pushed a ship, the MV Minerva, aground. Apparently, the Minerva, which is registered in Newcastle, was sailing from Leith to Rotterdam when she suffered problems with her steering. The strong winds prevented her seeking safety in Blythe, and lifeboats from Blythe and Newbiggin took her in tow. After hours of struggling through monumental seas, the tow parted, just as the ship approached the Tyne. With no hope of reattaching the tow, the captain declared a mayday, which meant that rescue services swung into action. I watched as local coastguards fired a maroon to summon the rocket brigade. They're setting up their equipment now. I've just heard that the brigade from Sunderland is also on the way. There is an air of urgent efficiency from everybody. I have here local Coast Guard spokesman James Scott. James, what happens now?
4: Well, this is what our volunteers train for. They'll fire the lines to the Minerva. These will be attached to the ship. And then we'll use Breach's boys to bring the crew ashore one at a time.
1: This sounds like a very difficult process.
4: It is, and it's physically demanding, but fortunately Minerva is a British ship, so the crew are trained in how to attach the lines
7: and use breeches boys. Still, in these very high winds, it'll be a slow and difficult job.
1: That's the first rocket being launched. I'll keep you informed in later bulletins. This is Sheila Kaye in South Shields.
6: Good morning. It's six o'clock and the region is waking up to the news of a dramatic rescue which took place at South Shields overnight. Sheila Kay is on the scene.
1: Anna, I'm here on South Shields Seafront just beside South Pier where a ship the MV Minerva has been driven ashore by the gale force winds. The ship's beached sideways onto the shore about 60 yards out. I watched as the local rescue teams struggled for over three hours to save all 25 people on board. Fortunately, there have been no injuries, although many of the survivors are cold and suffering from shock. They are being cared for by members of the WVS at the Beachfront Hotel. I spoke with the first two survivors ashore. They are Mrs Jean Morrison and her 15-year-old daughter, Haley, Jean, you must be pleased to be ashore. What were things like aboard? Well, we were just settling in,
6: looking forward to a few days in Holland when the storm hit. We took it in our stride. It's not the first time we've been at sea during a storm. We just kept to ourselves and, and stayed out of the cruise ship.
3: We weren't even that worried when we heard the steering involved. We were on the beach when the pan-pan call was made. It was such a relief to hear a familiar voice on colour Court's radio. I just knew everything was going to be okay.
1: You mean, you know the person who coordinated
3: your rescue? Oh yes, he's my granddad. He's the station manager. Haley, your dad's been brought ashore. Your dad? The captain. Lord of the sea. Women and children first. Captain Nast. He deserves a great big hug.
1: I have to say, Anna, that I watched that hug with tears in my eyes. What a great family story! Only made possible by the rescue teams of South Shields and Sunderland.
0: This is Sheila Kay, back to the studio. Now, I hope you have a lovely Christmas and happy and healthy New Year. But just before we close, I want to play something that means a lot to our group and is a
3: very special piece from Chris. Come and sit quiet, nurse. Come and sit quiet, nurse. Take some time. Come sit by me. Take a deep breath and share a pot of tea with me. Come and sit quiet, nurse, before your next admission. Offload your burden with me. Your troubles, your fears, shed your tears. Come and sit quiet, nurse. Come sit by me. Discuss the loss of your patient. Ring out that sponge and replenish your patience. Replace your sadness with that trusted smile. Come and sit quiet, nurse, by me. But I know, nurse... You're asking, who is this me? If you've enjoyed
0: listening to our stories, please do let us know. Our group meets every Wednesday, sometimes virtually, other times in person, especially when we have a new project developing. If you're interested in getting involved in writing, performing or producing audio drama and podcasts, please do get in touch. You can contact us by emailing hive underscore radio underscore storytellers at outlook.com. Or you can leave comments on our Facebook page. You just need to search for Hive Radio Storytellers. This podcast has been produced by Diane Gray and the incidental music is by Ben Hudson.